We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Miami Heat Beat postgame show. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today is Jack Alfonso. How are you, sir? I'm good. This is a good Heat win. That's a listen. good. You know, both, you know, football's been a little sad for some of us as a Jags fan, and I know Dolphins Nation. So the Heat really riding the ship before the playoffs this Sunday. But listen. A win at home. I, I saw Eric Reed say the Heat are, have one of the fewest home win totals out of the the top ten teams in the East. So kind of kind of a little funky for them. They they sit at eighth right now. Um, I be, no. Well, I believe there's some sort of weird six way tie right now. Everybody's twenty one and fifteen. Orlando, Indiana, New York, Cleveland, and Miami are are all tied. <laughs> um, so that's that's fun. Uh, the Eastern Conference, baby. They're two and a half games or three and a half games behind uh, Philadelphia for for third. So we'll be monitoring that um, as the coming days go. But but Jack, the Heat had a night where they had control early. That second quarter to end, it kind of fell apart. And I think this team shockingly showed some composure and they fought back. They got control. And they really never relinquished control. And I think Houston made a run when Bam sat because their defense fell apart absolutely. And and Bam was not in foul trouble pretty much the whole second half. And and I think that's kind of how they got control. But it it got a little dicey in the second. Yeah, I mean, it did get dicey. I, I didn't think it got, like, alarmingly dicey. You know, I think sometimes you see stretches from this Heat team where just everything falls apart. Like the offense looks terrible, terrible. And then the defense looks completely out of sorts. I'm not going to defend them on either end during that stretch. Like they lost the lead for a reason. I think Shengun was able to push them around without Bam in the, in the lineup there out with foul trouble. Um, I do think they settled for some kind of, you know, covered threes that, you know, aren't the goal of your, your offense there was some sloppiness um but it 
didn't feel like the sky was falling like certainly um they're prone to do sometimes you know you can have a random heat quarter where it just looks like everybody forgot how to play basketball i i don't think this was the case at any point in this heat game i think um I don't have the stats in front of you, but if you look at the first half stats, certainly the Rockets shot pretty poorly overall relative to the Heat, but from three, they shot pretty tremendously well. And they were like 10 for um, 20 going into the half. At some point. Three. Yeah, so which was yeah. really what kept them in the game. But part of yeah, that is so part I mean, of that's Bam being out, right? Because like without Bam, you, you really compromise... I mean, for as bad as their point of attack has been, Bam as a drop big or as a switch guy, you know, is doing at least some containing in those situations. And then, you know, you're just scrambling your help defenses out of sorts. And that's really how Miami gives up threes. So without him, I mean, he's such a huge impact on that end. You know, you're playing, I mean, Jack, they had lineups of Kevin Love, Duncan Robinson, Jovic, you know, and Josh Richardson together. It's like the defensive lineup of all time. Like you can't, how are you supposed to survive defensively, you know, with those units, especially without Jimmy and Caleb still? I don't know, man. It looks like Nico might be a defensive superstar. I don't know. He had his hand in every passing lane in that third quarter. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but no, we we could jump the right, there. right there. We had a show she bought. I'm willing to deviate talking about it. <laughs> Dude, Jovic, what he did, I did not think so. He picked up that silly foul on that little turnaround in the lane. And I was like, oh, you, you know, you, you've kind of played a really yeah. good floor game. Haven't shot the ball well, but like, oh, that, that's a rough call to get. I think it was a late clock situation. And after that play, man, he was fucking ever. That escape dribble on, you know, so they they get the rebound and Houston kind of, you know, shows an extra body, you know, because he has the rebound as they're in transition. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to take it myself. He goes, he goes like on the sideline, like really straddles that line gets around his guy, beats him, cool, collected, great pass. And it wasn't a pass, Jack. That was like, you know, like sometimes like somebody gives a pass and you really got to reach to get it. Fucking beautiful in stride. Tyler takes pocket. it, pulls up, and then followed that up with like six defensive master class plays. I, I, dude, I'm sorry. I was not familiar with your game. Seriously. I mean, I, I think the, the pass that you're talking about to Tyler – very cool. Great to see in an NBA game. But that's the scouting report, right? Like, that's what we want him to be doing is we want him to be hitting threes and we want him to be, like, kind of making those kinds of passes. That's what we're hoping he's able to do. I mean, defensively here, you know, he – I don't know what he finished with. He had, like, two blocks and two steals at some point, and that really didn't cover just the amount of chaos he was creating for the Rockets. Like, during that sequence – that like stretch in the third, I, I don't feel like there was a play where he didn't have his hands on the ball in one respect or another, whether offensively or defensively, even if he didn't come away with like a turnover or a steal, like he was affecting passing lanes. He was getting them all discombobulated on offense. And then I think kind of one of the low key, more impressive plays that I like to see was just him straight up as the seven footer playing like good solid defense in the post like he's not a young on fakes not biting on fakes like as a young player if you're like looking at things to help him sustain in an nba lineup especially in an eric spolstra nba lineup like 
that's the stuff you want to see. Like the passing lane stuff, all that like cool defensive like activity is is fun and great. I don't know how replicable it is. It's like certainly great to see the energy. It's great to see as the capability of it in spurts. But like the discipline is what you really want to see. And I think like even with him like running from end to end with like a chicken with his head off, like he still wasn't like fouling. He wasn't like turning the ball over a bunch. Like really it wasn't like a mistake filled young player game where you like the energy, but you give and take um, like the mistakes that come with it. It was a pretty polished game for Nico. Like he was just missing shots that we, we kind of know he's able to make. So I don't think anybody's concerned about him going like what, like two for nine, two for 10, whatever he finished with, like not a great shooting night, but like hell, like those shooting nights are going to come. And it's just about like doing the other things that allow you to stay on the floor long enough to get those shooting nights. Like we see that with like guys like Duncan and Struess and like every heat shooter that's ever entered entered the system. It's like, can you do the other things marginally well enough to allow the offense to showcase like what you're actually really good at, which is shooting. So and super, super been echoing what you're saying, like he and he just looked more confident today. And I think that moving him from playing kind of exclusively backup center to more kind of wing position where he gets to do a little more handling. He's not I, I do think like, you know, and, and I think the Heat do this sometimes. They might they sometimes pigeonhole guys into being spot up shooters. Right, particularly because, like, you know, when the team, especially when Tyler and Jimmy and Bam and Duncan and all these guys are healthy, you know, they need, and Kyle, like, they all like play with the ball. And I think that kind of squeezes a guy like Jovic out a little bit because it's like, okay, everybody needs kind of a possession or an action, you know, especially if you're not running plays for him. Like, how are you going to get it that's within the flow of the offense, especially for a guy who's trying to earn minutes on a team, right? Like, you know, you, you can do screening and little things like that. But I, I think guys like want to show like how they can play, especially a guy like him who's done it on like the Olympic and and not Olympic, but like world cup and professional stage, right? Like, you know, internationally and all that. So you have to imagine that Jimmy advocated for him. I feel like that's been the running theory, but I, I really like what I've seen. And I was not a guy who was super high on him. I know like Siobhan and Frankie, and there were a lot of other people that were really, really high on Jovic. I'm not, I was super not there, especially I didn't think he'd be ready. And I still not sure like how ready he is. Cause he'd still, you know, commit some silly fouls in here and there, but I think tonight was really encouraging that he was able to stay on the floor defensively. Cause that, if you can, at the end of the day, to earn minutes on a Heat team, you have to play defense. And I've said this a bunch. Haywood Highsmith was not playing minutes because he was like a great off. He's playing minutes because he played his fucking ass off every night and defended. And I know that Josh is kind of unpopular with, with people right now, but Josh plays really hard. And that's what gets you on the floor for, for Eric Spolstra. That's how it's always been, bro. Go back. You know, there are, I mean, Hassan Whiteside didn't get on the floor when he was clearly talented enough to because he wasn't playing hard enough. Like, this goes back, like, for the entirety of Spolstra's tenure. So I'm just happy to see him do. And, and I think we know kind of the on-ball capabilities, but it's it's good to see that he's able to kind of survive on the floor doing other things. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a couple of things on that. I, I think one... Um, I, I like Jovic. I've always liked Jovic. I've always been high on Jovic. Um, 
Vain hype and some other people in the chat are talking about how he's only 20. The reason I, I don't love to talk about him a lot is because he's only 20. And I really do think he's like a multi-year project that they invested yeah. in. He's like a young 20. Like he, he's not um, super experienced. He's only recently as tall as he is, as big as he is, takes time to get into that body. Like there's going to be a lot of awkwardness. Um and I don't think this year is the year that he's going to be like some major NBA contributor, but you want to see the flashes. You want to see the energy. You want to see like just little hints that he can thrive in the system. And, and you mentioned like Jimmy maybe advocating for him while they were like allowing him to bring the ball up. I don't even think it was that. I think they weren't allowing him to bring the ball up and then he got defensive stops and then he brought up the ball up because he had the ball and that went well. And then they started inbounding to him. Like, you know, get your own yeah. rebounds, bring up the ball, prove what you can do. And like, if they like it, there's going to be more opportunity there. And I think like he really took his opportunity tonight. And damn, I, I really don't know what more you could ask. Um, again, it's the best case scenario I, this early in the year, considering how he looked at certain points and, and coming off of, you know, those quotes where apparently he was a little unhappy, you know, depending on translation bad and all translation, that. Bad, bad translation. Bad translation. Nonsense that's new, news story. Nonsense translation. But it's just good to see. By the way, to kind of our point, Eric Spolstra said today via Alex Toledo of Five on the Floor, who's at the game at the press conference, uh, he said Spolstra spoke highly of Nico Jovic's minutes that he generated great looks. And to, to our point, it's like he didn't have to shoot the ball well. And I think that a lot of young guys might feel like I need to score. But really, you know, if you're if you're involved in the process and you're helping kind of play within the flow of the team, that's the most important thing. So happy that Jovic um, really showed out. I, I like what Siobhan said. She's like, like you said, pairing with other people who are better defenders, they at least took some of that weight off of him in that regard, which is why I didn't like that lineup where they put him with in between Kevin Love and Duncan Robinson. That was weird. I, I didn't love that. Oh, pulled the I, I plug quick on that, dude. He's he like, did his best. You think he fucked up? You he think was he's just like stuff today? <laughs> I think that that lineup was a mistake, and he looked up. He's like, oh wait, I fucked up. My bad. Because <laughs> like that's just he's trying stuff today. I don't know. With the swiftness, dog. With the swift. We we got a rare Bam um like love lineup. He he was trying some stuff. Uh, I like said that this Nico year. looked better in space defensively too. I've also liked it this year to, to, I guess, wrap up on my end, the Nico talk, you talk about his maturity and him not scoring. I think a lot of young players really press when their shots not falling. Yeah. And it was nice to see him not check out or like overly press. I, I just think, you know, he's imbibed heat culture. That was a heat culture game through and through shooting like shit, playing hard. Like I love, I, I, just I love like when they have it. those wins. I love when they have those wins yeah. that, you know, guys are out and they figure it out to chat's point about the bam and Kevin love lineups, which I, I think it. they played more of it this season than I thought they would. When bam and love are on the floor together, it is as of course the site crashes as I'm looking this up, they've played 161 minutes together and they're plus three Kevin without bam plus 13 bam without Kevin minus three. Um, wow. Yeah, and it's, you know what, and I've said this a lot. 
Um, Kevin Love is one of the only players who's immune to the Jimmy Butler lineup data curse. Because if you take anybody's lineup data without Jimmy, they're all minus. Like anybody who's plus, you you put remove Jimmy and they're minus. Kevin Love is the only player on the team that that does not happen to. And he's been quick shout out to him. I mean, we've talked so much about Love, but even tonight, again, just coming in, being a great backup center, playing the four with Bam, playing that four, you know, that, that four or five front court with him. I think defensively he held together, especially against a, a much more athletic, faster Houston team. I thought that would worry. He had even possessions where, again, he does that little pump and go, gets into the lane, kind of creates a little bit of havoc. That pump fake at the end of the third quarter, he that was listen. Don't let these gray hairs fool you, young young fellas. He got he got them all. He got like three defenders in that little up and under with the little up fake. So uh, quick quick on K Love before we move on to Bam Jack. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, I mean, it's just a game where you're up against a really young team and K-Love is, you know, has that old man game like like Vane Hype saying. Um, he's teaching these nephews something like he's got Cam Whitmore looking like an idiot. He's got Alpi Sengun looking like an idiot. He's got all these young guys looking stupid. I, I love the it. Way, like Cam Whitmore, he obviously he's going to be a good player. I think he's clearly like yeah. not ready yet. And I, I actually think that 
Yeah. A lot of teams that pass on him, like, I get why. I get why. He, he's extremely yeah, talented I mean, and athletic. So, like, everybody... I think he's as advertised. He's super yeah. messy. He's not a good basketball player. He's incredibly talented. Like, I think he's going to be a good basketball player, especially if you have, like, Udoka with the Rockets long-term. Like, that's good coaching. It seems like they've got a good thing there. I think if we're talking about some Rockets players that I like, like, Oh my gosh. Like I know Amen doesn't like show up on the the stat sheet much, but like some of those passes he throws like at full speed, some of these lobs, I'm like, Bam's never been hit like this, man. Bam's (laughs) never been hit like this. How many times do I see Bam with like impeccable post position, like deep post position and nobody's even looking at him because they're like, I'm not even going to like track. There's no chance I'm getting the ball there. The first play of the game, and Miami does this a lot. They'll run like early offense out of pistol, and they'll get they'll get a guy in the lane, and then they'll get a guy in the post, and they'll do like you know kind of they'll run that little action to get Bam a post up, and it's like it's one of their set plays. It, it looks great, and it always ends the same. It ends in a bad post up or a turnaround jump shot. I'm so sick of it. Just get that man in pick and roll, please, for the love of God. Which they did. Thank you, Duncan Robinson. Apparently, Bam's best pick-and-roll partner, Duncan, tied a career high for assists today with seven as he and Bam really kind of took over that 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 mid-to-late fourth, third quarter and fourth quarter. Houston had no answer. Houston tried to switch that pick-and-roll eventually, which is kind of used to be the MO on that, but Bam was slipping that early. You know, the best way to beat a switch is a slip. Duncan was ready. They both were ready for that, hitting that pass really well. And regardless, either Bam, Bam was going to the rim, Duncan was going to the rim, Houston had no answers for it, which, again, is both good and bad that Bam's best pick-and-roll partner is Duncan, but good is that they Always have that been. option. Always has been. Dude, <laughs> that, I'm, the, I'm the astronaut. <laughs> I, <laughs> just always has been. He's, That's how it is. But I it, think the most impressive thing wasn't it. just that he's tying a career high um and assists it's that like it's like the third time this season that he's had seven assists that this is just kind of like who he is now um obviously like this is the highest watermark crazy it's crazy i mean it's absurd i don't really know how to talk about him like with my understanding of basketball because he just defies it um i he's really freaking good he's like with a team that you know I, I don't know the status on Kyle Lowry. Like he went out so with some hand the, stuff. Yeah, um, Ira Vinderman. Uh, but without him, Duncan Heat filled say, in great. So Ira, Ira tweeted that the Heat say Kyle's injury is a left hand sprain. So we will hopefully, okay. I imagine we'll get it. two to, you know, six to, to seven weeks. weeks. <laughs> yeah, six to uh, eight I, weeks. Yeah, six to eight weeks. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I actually don't think that's the worst thing in the world for him. And And you know what's crazy is that Kyle's injuries have always been hand shit. That's that's like that's in Toronto what he oh, he never like had knee problems or anything. You would think because you know he has like the mo of being the overweight guard. You know he's always been wrist and hand. Like in the when they won the title, he was really awful in that Philadelphia series. He was playing with the busted hand the year that um, one of the years that they got swept by the by the Cavs. You know he he had a broken he had a, had a dislocated finger on the hand or whatever. So. It's kind of par for the course with him. I'm surprised it, it took so long for that to happen. That man has very gentle hands, but 
I do think that he has had kind of these issues, Jack, where he plays really hot in the first quarter and you're like, wow, he looks like really good. And then it, it really fizzles out as the game goes on. He's played, I, I, I can't even, I don't even know how many active fourth quarters he has not played because I, I do think that he just kind of disappears into nothingness. And I wonder if that minutes load that he played early in the season is catching up with him. So perhaps kind of sitting, because he's a guy that doesn't want to just sit to rest. That's never been who he is. Um, he'll he'll go out there and play to the detriment of himself. I, I was texting with Tiff today. I go, man has one speed taking these charges at 38. But I do think that like in the long run, it's probably going to be helpful to maybe get him some rest a little bit and hopefully they can they can get enough from their guards to hold it down. Although I they're they're incredibly thin there. Yeah, I'm gonna make a movie reference that might not help. If you ever seen the movie Phantom Thread, of course guy, I very, have not. Yeah, great movie. Work guy works very hard, makes dresses and stuff. His girlfriend basically like poisons poisons his food, so he'll like sit down for a second and just like relax. So they then they can kind of like chill out, hang out. He won't be such a dick. I feel that way with like a lot of the older Heat players, like Kevin Love, like Jimmy Butler, like Kyle Lowry, like three guys who are actively trying to kill themselves when they're on the floor, like who are throwing themselves at people. Like it's not just that they're I'd old, rather them not. They're old and physical. I, again, I it's appreciated. I would rather them not. And like especially now. Um, it's just like Jimmy Butler sitting out is amazing. Like, I love it. Like I obviously they need him. He'd be great, but like, please take all the time you need with Kyle Lowry. Take all the time you need. They need to win games, but like, I don't know. They're going to get to like a certain point. I, I think Bam's looked good enough and like looks better and better coming back from his little injury. But, like, they just need to find spots for rest for some of these older players. And like you said, like, I don't know how willingly they're going to accept rest. So, like, you know, maybe put some poison mushrooms in there. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, a little hand injury is not hurting anybody. Chat, please press one if you understood that movie reference. Please press one. Skinny did. We got one guy in the chat. We got got one one guy guy in the chat understanding Venom's red. Press one if you know if you understood that movie reference. Vain hype also, understood it. It's Daniel Day Lewis. It's he not put some two. He, movie. These people are not putting one. We got so three. Bronx Joker. No, only only two. Bronx Joker and Skinny McGee. So by the way, shout out to Bronx Joker for and the Vain tier hype. one. We got Vain hype. There you the go. Tier one. He told me to keep my shirt on. G. Why? Why did not was tonight? I take your shirt off. By the way, it's my sweater. It's my new. Uh, it's my new melee. It's too early for that. You like it? So, too early for. Uh, Really excited to debut. And uh Vane Hype gifted a tier one sub to um I don't know to Sangoon. So shout out to shout out to gifting a sub to Sangoon. Um and yeah, so I just want to close real quick with Bam and, and again and we kind of touched on it with, with some of the pick and roll stuff, but really when he went out defensively, they fell apart. And I think you kind of see his impact on that end. And I think that he has had a subpar defensive year for his standards, and I think part of that is kind of the increased responsibility on offense. I do think he hasn't been as good since coming back from injury. I also think a part of it is they're playing him a lot more in drop and they're playing a lot more. They're playing a lot fewer good defenders around him. Again, it's a lot of Tyler and Duncan lineups. Those are not great. A lot of Kevin love with him as well this season, which again, is has its limitations. Their offense is certainly better 
this year than last year. So that's, you know, that's kind of the, they're watchable, but their defense doesn't have the bite. And I do think that he's a little bit at the center of that. Cause I think that he, and I think more than anything, Jimmy has lost a lot of edge on that end early in the season, but you know, you, again, you, you could see as soon as bam leaves the court for extended periods of time that, you know, he is so integral. He makes them the worst defense. It feels like he makes them the worst defense to like a, a decent defense all by himself. He does so much for them. Not just the, not just the, the, the switching and, and the dropping and the contested shots. It's the rebound is the communication. It's the stunt. It's the hedges. It's the communication. It's he just provides so much in the security for guys when they're coming off screen. So, okay, like I, I have the, you know, I have somebody that's going to help me if this goes wrong. And that's just so valuable, man. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to like about what Bam did tonight. I, I think if you're going to criticize something from years past for him, I would say sometimes when he got in foul trouble early, it would kind of take him out of the game um, completely, especially offensively. It just felt like if he didn't get into a rhythm early um, offensively, he would just be out of sync all game. That was the criticism of years past. Now I think you can confidently say like he's getting to 20. Like I, I just feel it. You know, he doesn't always get to 20. I, I know he's had some, like, games here and there, especially coming back from injury, where I, I really think it's just about shot distribution, about, like, Tyler Hero kind of being, like, a larger part of the offense, like, them figuring that out. But, like, there just seems to be a thing with Bam this year where, like, he has the skill, he has the mentality where um, he's going to get his points, like, that's what superstars do. Like, even if you start out in foul trouble, like I just love how quick his trigger was at times when they would get him to that, like free throw jumper, like so smooth came off so quickly, no hesitation, no like little pump fake or whatever. He just knew what he was going to do with it. There were other times when he didn't necessarily score where it just like was nice to see him like looking for it, demanding it like almost going like, oh shit, I only have like four points and it's the like second, third quarter. Like, let me get mine a little bit. That's nice. I like that selfishness from him. Like you can't have too much of it from him because he's such a naturally unselfish player. He missed three um, shots today. I, I feel like he missed more free throws than that. Like His free I throws mean, have been a little bit of an issue. He was four for seven. and uh, whole I team think... today was not great. They and they I believe Eric said this tonight. I believe Eric said this Not on great. the broadcast recently, where they went from the best free throw team in the league to like the worst, or not the worst, but like they really no, they're really the fourth. Declined. They're the fourth, but they've really, I think, yeah, they've really declined after like the you know the hot start. And but to your point, uh, Jack, I mean, like he took the onus, he took the game by the horns in the third quarter. I, I thought that he saw the writing on the wall and said, "I'm not." We're not going to go. We're not going to lose this game like that. And he really, he was aggressive. He was looking for his shot and he did it in a, in a litany of ways. And again, the, the missing three shots, you know, is, is huge, especially without, you know, especially without Jimmy in the lineup and Caleb, like you just, you really need reliable offense. I want to give a quick shout out to Tyler hero as well. Had 25 points on 10 for 20 shooting um, 28 points. Excuse me. It's really good, man. Like they, they, again, they need that kind of production. And I don't think Tyler had like a, standout game but in the fourth quarter he hit a lot of big shots he hit that floater he hit that three you know he he had a, he had another three 
um, to stop a run by Houston. Uh, what are you laughing at? I, I don't know. I just did this when he brought up here on, I was waiting for somebody in the comments to get mad at me. No, so I I, he's, a, Oh Lord. What do you mean, man? I didn't want to spend too much on hero for the I, listeners. I, I thought just, he played I, well. I thought, he thought he I mean, but I want to focus on Bam them, and it was really yeah. good. Yeah, no, it was a good hero game. And it, it, I think it's a testament to how good hero is that we don't feel the need to talk about him is because he's been good this year. And like, this is kind of indicative of some some stuff we've been seeing from him. So like, yeah, I, I think the Van Vliet thing, um, what Fig said, um, what Fig said, said that damn Van, Van Vliet had 32 points and was a minus three, LOL. Um, yeah, I, I think, especially in that late stretch defensively, you just saw how much space Bam made up. Like anytime they tried to run a pick and roll, um, they were really trying to get Van Vliet going or they were trying to get Schengen going. I thought in and the it second was just half, like, that's not an easy matchup for Bam. Like, um, and I thought on both ends, he kind of ate his lunch. Like, I, I know Schengen like ended with a good line, but I think even Eric Reed and John Crotty were talking about it. Like, when Bam was playing, like when he didn't get a chance to like just kind of eat. Um, like Kevin Love alive and like those guys alive. I, I really thought Bam had him completely out of sorts. Um, and I think it kind of disrupted like all of their offense. And he was doing that while completely containing Van Vliet, which was really nice to see. Absolutely. And I one of the adjustments I liked that they did in the second half on on Fred was they were just kind of playing more aggressively in the pick and roll, more at the level, and they were kind of, you know, allowing him to if he wanted to get that step, get it. And I like when I love when when Spo challenges players to confront their weaknesses. Fred, famously not a great finisher, you know, at the rim, has always kind of been the knock on his game. And I like that they're just like, all right, buddy, I dare you. And I know that Fred had a good game, but I again I, I like I kind of like that game plan from them and I like them kind of doing those regular season adjustments. But all in all, great win. A win without your best player is a is a great win, and and holding down the floor. Lowry is day to day. The Heat just announced, so hopefully, uh, I imagine he will be out against the Thunder on Wednesday. Um, but other than that, you know, hope hope that you get him back. But a great win preparing you for OKC, who's one of the top teams in the Western Conference. That's going to be a you know that's going to be a game you hope that Jimmy can come back for, and that's going to be a kind of measuring stick game to see where they are because you know they've they've kind of struggled against some of the elite teams in the nba this season so hopefully that's a win and appreciate y'all rocking with us here on a monday evening beautiful january in miami uh i got you covered uh on wednesday for heat okc and we have an episode of mixed bag this week on thursday or no, tuesday i think it's tomorrow i think mixed bag is tomorrow so I'll, I'll confirm right now. I'm checking our checking our schedule. I want to make sure that I'm not uh, leading you astray, but I believe we have a mixed bag tomorrow. Uh, yes, we have mixed bag tomorrow. So exciting week of MHB content, and we'll see you. Well, I'll see you Wednesday, and uh, chat. You'll all reconvene here tomorrow to support mixed bag with Tiffany Meeks at 8:30. So love y'all. He he, great win, and uh, see you soon. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.